Mindset Squared Podcast with Mike and Mike. Giving you a knowledge cocktail every time. Mindset Squared Podcast with Mike and Mike. Bringing you the hottest topics around every time. So, Mike, um, you know, I was just telling you a little bit about my event that I've got coming up. Uh, and I do that, you know, three or four times a year. I've got a, um, a warehouse, you know, slash airport hangar kind of thing out at the uh, Napa Valley Airport. I do a few events out there. Um, but you've got something on a massive scale uh, that you put together uh, out in uh, Washington, D.C. You do that every year. Right. And. So as far as monetization and, and, and monetizing, you know, brand building, you, do you see that as a part of brand building? Um, okay, so there's, as always, there are layers to it. So one is that events and summits can be really highly profitable. That's not why I tend to do these events. So I do multiple events. What I'm doing right now in D.C. is kind of a social hour. Um, I don't want to call it political because it isn't really political. It's more culture, sort of the intersection of art and film. But if you're political, you can come. But I don't, you know, I don't want to hear about why your favorite politician is the greatest guy. And then I hold mindset seminars, which are a way to talk about guerrilla mindset, the concepts of mindset. We do storytelling workshops, all kinds of stuff. So events are, and I wrote a really long article, one of my least read articles, even though it was one of my best in terms of people making money, on how to throw events and my best uh, advice on events. Events are very, they're, they're important for a number of reasons. One is they're very lucrative when you have it nailed down. When you, so I can fly to New York, I can give a seminar, right? I'll, I'll do, I'm a full disclosure guy, so I don't really care. I can do a seminar in New York after venue and my flight, you know, walk away with like five grand, which isn't too bad for seeing people that I want to see anyway. And that I would, sure. that I would talk to, you know, in a, in a social setting anyway, Glad to see it. And then if I really want to amp it up and ratchet ticket up, so you, you know, people do summits and big ticket events and nine, you know, $990. Some people charge for tickets. I usually keep mine lower and I just 75, hundred bucks, but big ticket events are definitely, they're less of a brand builder and more of a, if you have a brand, it's a phenomenal way to put people in touch with a network. It puts people in touch with, uh, you it puts pe people in touch with the knowledge and and the, a high price tag has a way of screening out people who don't really want to be there and that's why when I have events and people ask me for free tickets my answer is hey man you can read my blog for free listen to my podcast for free I got like 300 videos you can watch for free you can go read Gorilla Mindset at a library for free exactly Right, you, but tickets, man, like event, there's venue, there's overhead. So that tells me when people ask for a free ticket to an event, and I don't mean this in a bad way because they just don't know, they're ignorant. It's like, no, dude, this, like, I have to pay somebody to have the event. I have to, there's a whole overhead of logistics and cost of this. It isn't, 
just a few people hanging at the park playing volleyball. Now, if, if I do have a cookout, a few people playing vo- volleyball, you know, or the cigar night, cigar night's 29 bucks. Right. Come on down, smoke a cigar, relax. But if we're doing a real event, I, I got to deliver. People have expectations. I have to perform. And all that stuff costs a lot of money. And, and to me, it could not be a better way to truly build, you know, a forge a relationship with somebody. Like you said, you can jump out onto YouTube, you can listen to the podcast, you can do all this different stuff, whether it be you or anybody out there, right? But when you actually get face-to-face with somebody, when you have, you know, a glass of wine with somebody, uh, have dinner, whatever it is, you forge relationships and there's a chance to do business with that person. There's a chance to uh, you know, explore multiple opportunities. You just never know where that stuff's going to lead. And that's where I think I get real frustrated with these guys that come in wanting, you know, a free ticket, but can't invest $150 into right. their own business. Well, uh, again, there's, they, they, they're either not ready and they can't get value is the way I look at it. So there's a, there's a lot of ways to look at it. And the, to me, it's just you don't have the hustle. If you go work a second job, go pick up an Uber, go DoorDash for a couple of weeks, right? When, when I'm doing a seminar, people go, oh, can I have a free ticket? And I get that people have – I've been in financial binds before too, but then again, I never ask people for free seminars there right. so you can door that and back when i was broke there was no gig economy now i would just hit up the gig economy you can go to doordash or uber or something and ra- raise the ticket money so that tells me you don't really want to work you just want a, f- a free thing and i found that people who want things for free are actually the least grateful people and this is a, a total it sounds like a cliche it took you have to learn it for yourself. I had to learn it for myself. The people who pay the most are the least of a hassle. You and I actually were talking about that at a, before the UCLA screening of my movie, Hoax. <laughs> we, you actually, we did have that conversation. I remember that now. We were yeah. in the car talking about how, you know, you raise money for something, say on Kickstarter. I don't care what the hell you're doing, whether it be a movie or whether it be, hey, I've got this idea to build a really cool chair and you got to raise 50 grand. You got one jack off, right? That pays 25 bucks and he emails you 32 times about $25. Well, and, and, and being mean, you know, I've, uh, <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a message where somebody called me a fraud and I was like, take it aback. I'm like, what do you mean? I've, I posted 40 updates. So, you know, that's well, tell me you went and looked. How much did that guy actually That's what I, $2. $2. $2. I, literally $2. Two and, fucking dollars. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's been consistent. And then I've had people who have funded things in an enormous manner, and I've emailed them and said, hey, I feel kind of bad. You've given me, like, too much money. Uh, what can I do for you? And they go, oh, no, just keep doing your thing no big deal and I almost feel bad I'm like wait a minute this guy's giving me like 50 grand for projects and stuff and I I, I run a private equity fund and I can tell you that the units in my private equity fund I each unit is fifty thousand dollars I've got people that have a single unit and then I've got people that have a lot of units okay and I can tell you that universally the person that 
complains, emails, wants to check in, wants to know everything about everything is the person that put 50 grand in. And why is that? And, and this holds true whether it's the $150 guy that is driving Uber that wants the free ticket or it's the guy that has a $200,000 net worth and buys a $50,000 unit in a private equity fund. It's right. because they're stretched, they're panicked, okay? And the stress is eating them alive and they shouldn't be in that situation. But the $2 thing is unbelievable. I mean, I, I can't even get my head around that, but I will say that it's a universal law that those people that have the lowest contribution are always the biggest pain in the ass. Well, they, it's, there's a, just a chicken and egg thing, right? So I see it both ways. One is that maybe to somebody $2 is like a lot of money. And so maybe that's a lot of money to the person, but if $2 is a lot of money to a person, I'd rather they keep it, right? I would just rather not get it then I don't want to take $2 from somebody. You know, I would feel bad if, if, that's, if that's the last $2 they have, I would, I would even feel bad. But generally just, I had another guy send me an angry message and I, I was, they're, they're actually, they're counterfactual messages. One person said, you, you're a fraud, you never updated the project. And then I go, no, I mean, look, I've 42 updates. Oh, well, I have my email notifications turned off. Well, okay, well, how about you chill with the language, right? How about, you know, if you're going to call somebody a fraud, to somebody like me, that's a real thing. I get called terrible things all the time on the internet. Well, you're an attorney, so you know what that means. I'm like, wait a minute, fraud? Like, holy crap. And then I've had people complain and then refunded them. And then they get mad that I refunded them. This has happened over and over. And I realized, okay, you just, you put in 25 bucks so that you could abuse me or something and work out your own issues on me, but here's your money back. Now you don't have any perceived power. And then people get angry at me for refunding them. And I'm like, well, no, no, no. Like I don't have to refund you. I'm, I'm going above and beyond. And right. you're still angry. And then you realize, okay, yeah, they, they, they just think that that's their way to buy in. But, but then the biggest backers of all, they're, they're just like, yeah, man, you know, everything is good. Everything's chill. Same thing when you have events. The, that's why, again, you don't give free tickets to people. You would think that if you gave somebody, if every lawyer knows, if you do pro bono, those clients aren't grateful for the most part. So you give somebody a free ticket, you right. are naive and you've never done this. You think that person's going to show up eager, glad to be there. No, 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 no. That'll be the first person bashing you on the internet. That'll be the first person on the message boards saying how bad you're some. That'll be the worst customer you ever had as a person you give a free ticket to. And you know, I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but it's not worth it. Right. So when you, when you attend an event, now let's say it's not your event, right? And right. Uh, it's not an event that I'm holding or even a close friend of yours, but you attend an event, whether that be in Washington, D.C., whether that be, you know, on Martha's Vineyard, whatever, what kind of value are you typically looking for in that event? Are you looking more for, you know, knowledge? Are you looking more to connect and, you know, forge relationships and potential, you know, financial growth, but potential intellectual growth? What, what are you trying to extract from an event? 
when you attend it? And what should a young guy be looking for when they go there? Yeah, what I go for is I go to just see how people do events, how they're structured, how would I organize it? You can learn a lot about it. So for example, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and I didn't get, it's a good seminar, I don't wanna hate on it. Um, but I didn't get a lot out of it, but I did get the idea that everything is like a branded experience and there's merchandise. Right. So for example, the first night is the fire walk, which by the way, I've done it. And I don't, there is scientifically, you're not going to burn your feet on the coal. It isn't, but, but people are afraid of it. So the value is you're facing your fears. But me, I'm like, no, I mean, I know the coal doesn't conduct heat. So I'm not going to burn my foot unless there's some ember that happens to do it, but you wet your feet before you go on there. So intellectually, it isn't like I'm facing my fears. That isn't, right. but, but for a lot of people, most people are afraid because they don't actually know the science of it. But then what I notice is the firewalk is the first night, the next night, t-shirts, I'm a firewalker. And I go, that's smart. Brand, it's like a branded merchandise. And then you see people, you know, wearing their shirts and they're proud of themselves. So I'm not, not, not making fun of anybody. And that's a great Instagram yeah. moment too. I yeah. think about that fire walking and, you know, Karen from Ohio is able to walk across the flames while her husband, you know, uh, videos that and they throw it on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever their social media is. Yeah, I went pre, I went pre, but yeah, the, but the, the idea is like, okay, there's a merchandise, there's a shirt, <clears throat> there's a Tony Robbins, you know, cause you have a captive audience and, the idea is if you throw an event and you have a captive audience, you want to sell your captive audience. Now, the problem I have with a lot of events is they bring in people who I don't think are reputable and they sell people on things that I don't think they should be sold on. A lot of real estate flipping. Oh, here's no money down. You can go get a house, no money right. down. Sell it for double your money if you give me 10 grand. And it's always a really big ask. So yes. I went to Jordan Belfort seminar, for example, which was quite good. Jordan Belfort's material is quite good. And then after three hours of his stuff, that they come on in with the whole, you know, the real estate thing. Oh, here's how I made a million dollars, no money down. And you have to listen to the pitch. And of course, the materials are five grand and then they're always upselling you. And, uh, or, and Tony Robbins even do that, which is, well, now you attended the event, you need to go to the next event, which is 5,000 or the next event, which is 10,000. You need coaching and they're, so for me, that's a little too much. Right. That, but that's where I'm at at an event. I'm like, okay, I, I think this is way too much. So when people come to my events, sure, there's going to be, you know, skincare products or whatever that they can buy. But I'm not going to guilt trip people into like a mastermind group and say, if you leave today and you don't join the mastermind, you're saying that you've given up and you don't believe in yourself. And that's uh, the pitch. That's right. The yeah, I attended, I attended an event similar to, to what you mentioned here. It was a flipping event a couple of years ago in Las Vegas. I went with a buddy of mine. We wanted to kind of see how these kind of events are put together. So the first day, they have this big speaker come out. Uh, actually, a very well-known politician comes out. And he does his spiel and rah-rah, everybody's great. They talk about how, you know, all these people are making all this money on flipping. And then at the end of the day, they kind of break you up into groups of three or four and they want you to learn how to negotiate. So guess how they have you learn how to negotiate. How's that? Call your credit card company and see if you can get an increase on your credit limit. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then they're going to sell you into the, 
That way you can, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So then the following day, guess what? You've got room on your credit card to buy the coaching program that happens to be $22,000. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how they get people. There's a lot of, so when I, yeah, when I attend a seminar, I look at it very much. So for example, here's one thing. <clears throat> here's one thing that is a seminar I believe in. I fully endorse. But here's the manipulation tactics. It's called Mastery and Transformation Technology or something, MITT. And it okay. used, there used to be another name to it that the older people listening would remember. I, I don't recall what it is. And they, right when you get in and you start, because it's a three or four day process, and there's a lot of hokey things in there that you can criticize and, and whatnot. But when I do an event, I do whatever you tell me to do. If you're saying, okay, jump on, you know, one foot and scream that you, you know, hate your mom or something. I'm like, okay, sure. I'll, I'll immerse myself in that. But well, you must've really enjoyed that Tony Robbins event thing. Cause I know they got a lot of that. I was in one of those too. Oh my God. Yeah. The, the music dance like a zombie and right. It's just dumb. Yeah. I, I, I've never gone to another uh, Tony Robbins thing after that. It's, it's definitely like the median corporate retreat is that's the demographic for the for the general one but mitt what they do is right when you start they pair you off with sort of like a battle buddy or whatever sure and that way if you leave you feel guilty that you've left the, the person that you're working with you've abandoned them essentially right so that's you go and now you're getting to know this person and then the first break and there's no phones allowed and everything and the first break after three hours People used to not come back, but now they, there's that social pressure. And then you realize that, yeah, no matter where you are at the game, subtle, you can be manipulated socially. All of us can be manipulated. I knew they were manipulating me, and I still came back because I didn't want to you know, you know, abandon my whatever battle buddy. And I'm actually glad I didn't leave. It's a great event, and I don't have any financial relationship with them, and I don't even have an affiliate or whatever. Right. But I think it's really transformative for a lot of people. So when I'm there, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know why we're doing this. You're, you know, because then you're going to guilt trip us into not leaving, and it works. So I look at – but I do immerse myself in the exercise. If you tell me to do it, I'll try it. So the Tony Robbins thing, I tried everything, and sure. it, it just wasn't for me. Just the jumping up and yes, yes, just doesn't do it for me. <clears throat> No, well, I'm kind of to, to finalize, you know, this whole event thing, which w this is a piece that's interesting. And I think we could probably do a whole episode just on this element uh, that I'm about to describe here. But I'm starting to see a transformation from strictly live events into virtual events. Um, I've got uh, a couple buddies of mine that have like highly specialized knowledge. Like I, I know a guy who does barbecue. Okay. And he has a online group that people pay to be a member of. They can go into this forum and then he does barbecuing advice. And I think that's a really interesting new concept that's coming on as a way to monetize and have residual uh, long-term income. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's something we should maybe explore in another episode in depth. But I really like this idea, and I'm really hot on this idea right now of these virtual events or virtual groups, if you will, 
um, as a way for somebody to monetize a highly specialized skill or a really unique, um, you know, behind the scenes uh, type, you know, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, events, I'm pro events. I, I throw, I don't know, five to 10 a year. Last year mm-hmm. I did, um, no, last year I probably did, I don't know, eight or nine events. I did a really big sort of cultural event, another really big cultural event three or four mindset seminars, another premieres for my book. So yeah, I'm a huge believer in events. I love, I love doing them. And I, I think people should, people should go to events because you, there's a screening. The reason you go to events and the reason you charge a certain thing is it's like a screening mechanism. So everybody in the room is, has a similar goal, similar mindset, and you've now filtered out, 100 people out of one in 100 maybe care about themselves enough to really take action, right? Maybe one in 100. And it, helps build, and it helps build your tribe, right? I mean, if, if you're really uh, assembling a certain tribe or, or a certain type of brand, you can really forge that, uh, you know, a uh, steely resolve, if you will, or a mega fan inside a live event. So I think it, it, it's really critical for guys that are trying to come up and build their own brands to try to get together. It doesn't have to be a big fancy event. I mean, it could be a, a happy hour, two hour deal where they get the back room at the local bar too. Well, sure. I started off doing happy hours when I had just a, a smaller blog and my happy hour in San Diego, four people showed up. My happy hour in DC, I don't know, eight people showed up, 10 people, something like that. My sure. happy hour in New York, 40 people showed up. And uh, yes, I've, I, then, then they got bigger. So no, I've been holding uh, happy hours forever. And then people that, the people that I met at some of those things were the, the kind of the OGs and they moved on to really amazing things and, and really high levels of the world. And I met them at the early ones. And now it would be kind of hard. Now it's harder to meet people like that because, and that is why actually why ticket prices do go up. So there's a reason that if you're on the other end of the paying the ticket, maybe you don't get it. There's a reason though. I went from a free happy hour to now a private dinner with me is like a thousand bucks, right? What is it that I'm like Mr. Big Shot or whatever, but if I had a free dinner, there's going to be 200 people there at least, you know, God knows how many. You couldn't even talk to people. Can't even, you know, can't even filter out who's who. And with, uh, you know, the private, you know, the VIP dinners kind of things, then you can, you, it's a filter, right? Everybody in there is at a right. certain, certain level where they can get the most amount of value from it. And, but then I, that's what too, I always have the low cost cigar nights, right? 30 bucks, you know, but yeah. you gotta buy a ticket fast. If you're, you know, people email me the day off. Oh, can I get in? No, you can't get in. Yeah, that was sold out six weeks ago. You're too but, indecisive. Yeah, it's thirty bucks, yeah. man. You get, you're too. But, in- but there is, there really is, at least for me, you know, on, on from how I approach these events, I find that just the ability to to get face to face with somebody, and you know, you you do build a relationship with people. Um, you know, I a, a guy that I met at a uh, a recent uh, cigar event uh, that was uh, held in uh, Orange County. Uh, you know, this guy ended up being on the front page of uh, the USA Today. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and so, yeah. No, I, I mentioned that today as one, one of, uh, we had a cigar night, 40 people. And the, t- today, earlier today, one guy was on the cover of the New York, not the cover of the New York Post, but featured in the New York Post. Another guy was on the front page of USA Today. And <laughs> that, yeah, yes. just small groups, yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, yeah. it, it's really amazing the kind of relationships that you can forge from those events. And, you know, so I, I think for the young guys out there, it's really important to realize that it's not just a monetization method, but it gets you in the room with some people that you probably wouldn't be able to get in the room with otherwise and take advantage of that. And if you can get in the room for, you know, like you said, $29, $100, $300, you make one connection there, it may very well change your life. And so it's one of the best investments that I can tell any entrepreneur at any age, um, make that investment, get in front of those people that are in your space or in your world that you want in your world. And it does help you level up your network too. So anyway. Well, people should be going to, yeah, I mean, people should be, uh, yeah. So there's, uh, again, people should be going to events, get out of their houses. I, that's to me so far, and that's another reason I have a higher ticket price. I'm so far out of the, the market of people who need encouragement to leave their houses. I'm so far removed, thank God for that, so far removed from just the idea that like, hey, get out of bed, save up your money, figure out how to get 75 bucks, get out of bed, come to a three or four hour seminar, right? Right. I'm so far beyond pre-selling, thank God for that. Yeah, just the idea that, because a lot of people have to be really sold on the idea of coming to a seminar. And in and, and, and fairness, if I held really big events, then I would have to badger people more. But I like to keep mine smaller so we can do real workshops. Yeah. So I like to do 2,500 max. Um, I, I had one that is 150, and that was like too much, too much for me. And that's no advertising or anything. So I like to do – so when we go really deep, I do usually 149 bucks to 199 bucks because I only want to do – 25, 30 people. And this is on your gorilla mindset. So. The storytelling stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we have a whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff that isn't in gorilla mindset that we do. We have a storytelling seminar that I do, which is very transformative in people, you know, rewriting your story. The, right. Story. And then I have the, the gorilla mindset seminar, and then I have one which is kind of a mindset seminar folded in with spoken word. And then that's a little, you know, I'll have a bigger room for that. But I generally don't. But if I wanted to sell 5,000 tickets, I would have to really go into the why you need to buy events, right? Well, but, and you gotta, yeah. then you have to have the guys that are doing some cold calling and, yeah. you know, pushing ticket sales, et cetera, when, yeah. when you get into that kind of scale. Yeah. Uh, because, so, you know, yeah. Grant Cardone does that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know. I mean, he's got, what, the uh, whole baseball stadium that he just did down in, you know, Miami. And yeah. you got to get guys on the phone selling tickets if you're going to do an event like that, no matter what your name is. Oh, and you got to buy Facebook ads, like, you know, the 10 Extra Life. and Right. The, yeah, yeah. So, right. So I'm not saying that I'm so big time I don't have to advertise it. But it, to, to do what I need to do, I don't need to pre-sell. Guys, I just say, okay, I'm going to have a seminar Yeah. where it's going to be. and then rather than sell people on why they should attend an event, I just remind them a couple times because, you know, with social media algorithms, you don't, 
Well, you're really good with the email. I mean, you, yeah. you've got a really good, robust right. email program that you utilize that, I mean, gosh, I don't know, years ago I got on your email list and I don't think I've ever been able to get off the thing. So, yeah. you know, good good for you, right? And, well, you know, but you being out. Not to, not to, I don't want to interrupt, but, but I don't want to forget this either. And you can riff off this, but that's another reason to have events. You, you know right away, these are people who've been to an event that's a good person because if they show up and they're a bad person, you make sure you blacklist them from all your stuff. So you now have essentially pre-screened good people. So then when you do want to have a smaller event, you have that email list. That's, so that's another great reason to have events. Hey, yeah. For everybody out there, that is a fucking golden nugget right there. That's probably worth its weight in gold, what Mike just said here. Being able to pre-screen at a smaller event, right, Mike, where you're, you're pulling in those email addresses, but you're also getting to meet these people face-to-face. -face because let's face it, you get into any room, I don't care if it's a classroom, college classroom, 40 people, there's always one nut job in there. Never fails, right? Right. And so your your system here, you can you can take that guy or gal off your upsell system yep. and kind of weed them out. Yep. No, absolutely. And I have a list of people who just when they try to buy a ticket, I wait until before the event, and then I refund the ticket. That way, they don't get any of the venue information or anything. Like, there's a list of people that are just the vibe isn't right. Right. And I have the right to do that. That's the, another beauty of the way I run things. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to take everybody who walks in the door. And in fact, the people who do come into the door, I want to make sure that they're surrounded by the right people. So if I get a bad vibe or somebody's a little negative, uh, you know, there, there's a thousand people lining up to have you come to their event. So they'll buy a ticket and then rather than refund it right away because then there'll be all this like drama, I just set a little alert. And then before I before the final event details go out, I always make sure I just refund them. You know, and, and, and let me share this too with, with some folks out there that the luxury, if you will, of being a little bit more advanced in your career and having some money is you can kind of, do events and do things that you really enjoy doing. I mean, for myself personally, the only event that I do throughout the year is this whiskey talk event. That's it. That's the only one I do. And I do it because I get to sit down in the room, you know, with 30 people, we drink some whiskey, we smoke some cigars. You know, I've got this really great venue to have it. We have live music. It's not a cheap ticket. Uh, usually my events are 150 to 350 dollars, but it's it's a group of guys that I know, and then there's usually about 15 or 20 people that are kind of new to the fold, and I limit it to that. And I've got the luxury to be able to do that. But as a successful entrepreneur, and as you grow your business, you can really pick and choose what kind of events you want to do and do stuff that really enhances your life, not just trying to grind away at business all the time too. Sure. It's another, it, it, it's another stream of revenue. So my, yeah. my event business is just another, so the cigar nights I don't make any money on. We just break even thanks to you and some other people we end up breaking even. 
we yeah. subsidize the, the you know because thirty bucks isn't paying thirty bucks includes a premium cigar. It isn't paying the paying the bills. Right. But that's sort of like the entry point and yeah, benefits are just another another source of income. And that's sure. why people a lot of people go, Oh, I don't want to have an event because you think you have to have a thousand people show up, but you know, if you get twenty five people show up, hundred bucks each, that's twenty five hundred bucks. Venues, you know, go oh, there's all these the Airbnb kind of places where you can rent venues for yeah, yeah venues five hundred bucks. You know, you know, you're gonna walk away with two grand maybe. Yeah. And and there's whole lifestyle events out there as well. I mean, some of these guys are working so hard that they're putting together these lifestyle events where it's like three, four, five thousand dollars to go. But like you said, they rent out an Airbnb. It's got four, you know, sea-doos behind the thing. They charter a boat to go fishing, you know, and so it it's a experience and a lifestyle thing as much as it is just a, you know, business event or something. So there are these lifestyle like ultra luxury lifestyle events too, which are uh, interesting concept that you're seeing a lot of right now. Oh yeah, so that's a different thing. Like the real, so my my Gorilla Mindset Network is five grand a year, and that includes you know one kind of thing. We're gonna maybe go to Joshua Tree or something. Uh, that yeah, that which is and and by the way, that's a that's a good deal and. That's different, though. Yeah, so there are different layers. So right. So I'm speaking, I guess, towards maybe small people who you know, you got a blog, you got a YouTube. You know, you could throw an event. Don't be mad. Only ten people show up. Only ten people, right? Just uh, adjust the budget accordingly. Keep you know keep costs down. If if you do an event, then you walk away with a grand, and you do three or four of those a year. Well, that's another source of income. All these people. And this is what kills me. And also because they've been lied to. Everybody has a, I have an eight figure drop shipping e-commerce store, right? Everybody has one of those these days. <laughs> Just like everybody deadlifts 500 pounds and date, date supermodels and everything. So and, and in a lot of ways they've been lied to. But if you're, if you have a blog or something and you do, you know, three, four events a year, you make a few grand, that's a source of income. That and then and then the, the the smaller events you're always going to have people who want to do one-on-one coaching which i personally don't do any of that anymore other than people who are on the network right if i do an event and the event is say you know 99 bucks a ticket 100 people show up 10 people are going to want to do a follow-up call which when i did them that was like i don't know 499 or something sure and then, and then if you want to do more, it's another way to pipeline into, uh, into other businesses. So they, they, they all build on each other. So Absolutely. yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a critical component of anybody brand building. And um, to jump back to your whole uh, selling stuff on Amazon and all that, I, I want to tell folks that one of the sure indicators that this stuff is about over or about to jump the shark is when you turn on Facebook or Instagram and you're seeing ads over and over again uh, for some guy that wants to, uh, you know, standing in front of the Lamborghini that wants to show you how he's got his uh, two comma uh, Amazon business. So we're seeing a lot of that right now. And I don't think there's as many people doing those kind of numbers as uh, what you would think. No, I get solicited all the time and that everybody has an Amazon store and it's like magic and everybody has 
sold a million dollars on Facebook. It's always a million, right? Right. It's always a million. Oh, I sold a million dollars on Facebook. Like, okay, then why are you soliciting me personally? If you're doing, if you're selling a million on Facebook, you're not going to be hitting me up. You have a team to do that. The, right, these people. Right, and you're going to be scaling that to 10 million and then yeah. 20 million. And yeah, then the you're probably going to be selling me a $5,000 weekend uh, lifestyle yeah. experience event, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. They're such little liars because if you've been around long enough, you know that if you're running, if you're really running a million dollar company, you're not messaging me trying to sell me on whatever consulting thing you're doing, exactly. right? You don't have the, you don't have the time to do that or, or you would be offering, you would be offering equity. You wouldn't be trying, you'd be saying, okay, here's what I can do for you. I want half, right? That's the way people, that's the way people do things. Well, right. Bring in, you know, 2.3 yeah. million. We're going to scale this thing up. We're going to open up a plant in China and we're going to start pumping out these uh, dog toys or whatever, you know, the, uh, the product is. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, the, the, but, but if you're younger, you don't know any better and then you're going to spend way too much money on things that don't work. And that's life, man. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I love this uh, this discussion on events. Uh, it's interesting. You got anything to add to that before we uh, sign off? No, do them. If you if you have an audience, do them. Don't be insecure because you don't think there's enough people. You'll meet the best people at them. And if you're a person, man, save your nickels and dimes. Drive an Uber. Yeah, and I would I would say that it's a great way to meet some of your raving fans and build a fan base is by doing these events. And it is a great way to get out there if you're if it's not your event, spend the money to go to somebody else's event and meet some people outside of your network and expand your network because that truly is how you're going to expand your net worth. Absolutely, man. Good talking to you as always. Yeah, you too. Mindset Squared Podcast with Mike and Mike.